1: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
0: The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now, through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one of a kind flexible financing program. Head to slash earnings right now. slash earnings.
1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This Friday we'll get an update on the state of the UK economy with second quarter GDP figures. Now a survey of Bloomberg a Bloomberg survey of economists has found that the UK economy probably shrank 0.2% in the second quarter. This as the Bank of England expects inflation to top 13% in October. Joining us now is Nina Scarrow, CEO of the Center. For Economics and Business Research in the studio. Thanks for joining us, Nina. I want to start with the Bank of England's gloomy forecasts last week. Obviously, the bank can't take account of unconfirmed fiscal policy, right? But does that mean that they're being too gloomy? Is there a risk that the bank's going to talk us into a recession?
0: It is a risk, but they are—they aren't saying anything that a lot of other commentators aren't saying. What they're saying is that they expect a more prolonged downturn than others are. So we ourselves are expecting a recession. We are, how, expecting a recession of a couple of quarters of negative growth. Um, I was taken aback that they are expecting a five-quarter recession over the entirety of next year. And what that makes that a little bit worrying. What that sets the Bank of England apart from from forecasters is that. They they are a participant so they actually have the power not just to predict what's going to happen based on you know an external set of assumptions but they're actually going to be contributing to to that growth so it did seem to me like an acceptance of the fact that this inflation isn't coming down no matter what they do with monetary policy and that we're going to need a recession how does it compare then to your forecasts are you more optimistic about the uk economy we're more optimistic than the bank of england but by no No means very optimistic. So we are for 2023 expecting growth of around half a percent, which by most measures would not be a very good performance. However, when you see that the Bank of England is expecting a basically performance that's four times worse than that and below zero, I guess, compared to that very low level of expectations, we are a little bit more upbeat.
1: And even more so in recent days, the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey's come under huge criticism personally for being asleep at the wheel in his handling of the inflation crisis. Is that justified?
0: The criticism is, is justified. It, it's difficult to look at an inflation rate that is five times its target and say that some criticism isn't justified. What's being used now as a scapegoat is the Russia-Ukraine conflict saying nobody could have seen that coming. Is that true? It, absolutely is. But would we be having massive above target inflation problems, even if it was not for that conflict? That is also true. So that conflict really exasperated an already bad situation. And that already bad situation was a lot more predictable in terms of the demand boom, in terms of the supply chain pressures, in terms of labor shortages feeding into, into price levels. So a lot of this situation was predictable. And and this narrative around Ukraine, Russia is being used to deflect some of that criticism, which I think is largely justified. I'm interested in the research that you have had about uh, wage rises today, seeing the higher income earners getting much bigger pay rises than those on lower incomes. What sort of detail did you find? So we, we looked at um, the the latest pay data and, as, as you say, found that the top earning 1 percent, um, quite a lot of that group are city workers, particularly in the finance sector. We're seeing um, wage rises that matched inflation, although given where inflation is, even they are technically seeing sort of stagnant uh, real wage rises. But what is most concerning is the bottom earning 10% are only seeing wage rises of 1% so their real incomes are are really really not keeping up with with inflation and what's compounding those concerns is that also the inflation rate that is actually being experienced and observed by the lowest earners will be higher than the than the headline rate because a much higher share of their expenditures is on energy, which is one of the categories, or in fact, the category that's been worst impacted by price rises.
1: And Nina, speaking of pay, Ciba estimated that those June transport strikes would have cost the economy 100 million pounds. Do you have a new updated estimate for all the strikes we're now having this summer? And given that the Bank of England sees inflation now peaking not just in double digits but above 13%, does it give the unions more ammunition in their pay negotiations?
0: I can't give you an estimated, uh, an updated figure just because the the details of the strike, and there is still a little bit of hope that maybe some of the the ones um, that are planned for the rest of the summer won't be going ahead. But I mean, definitely watch this pace. I suspect we'll be putting new estimates out once things are a little bit closer to to being confirmed. Does it give the unions more bargaining power? It probably does, but it's a very it's a very political beast. The whole whole process. So how much of it is rooted in in fact, and you know how much leverage do they have. Um, their leverage has certainly grown grown with inflation doing what it's doing and also the fact that there's already been a lot of pushback publicly on the level of disruption that's been caused um, and a lot of, I think, negative attention pointed towards the, the government once it didn't merge. There actually haven't been a lot of direct face-to-face conversations between the ministers and the unions which I think you know a lot of us would have been expecting to mm. that to happen on a regular basis. So there's been a lot of I think a lot of the public opinion has has put pressure on the situation.
1: And just coming back to the Bank of England, Liz Truss, the frontrunner to be the next Prime Minister is proposing this BOE mandate review. How worrying is the idea that's being floated of targeting nominal GDP instead of inflation given how hard GDP is to measure given we're in the midst of an inflation crisis? I wouldn't put
0: too much emphasis on that on that sort of story from from last week that emerged from the from the leadership race I just I mean is sort of tinkering around with the mandate going to have a fundamental difference on the the performance of the Bank of England um and also what exactly are the details of that I think it was left deliberately vague I just assuming it is list trust we're seeing as the next prime minister there are so many higher priorities in terms of the cost of living crisis, in terms of the foreign policy agenda, in terms of the immigration agenda, I can just, I can't, d- despite that story, I can't actually imagine sort of picking a fight with the Bank of England being anywhere near the top of the priority list for the new prime minister, whoever they are.
1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com.
0: of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's dot com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down
1: with our buddies?